podcast with your hosts, Dennis and Michelle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave. I am your host, Dennis Zarrell, and this week we are brought to you by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States, and Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park, Colorado. Well, you know, have you ever had one of those days where you kind of get up and uh, it's early in the morning, you go outside, nice fresh snow, you see that Colorado bluebird sky and you think to yourself, man, I am so lucky that I live here. Not just in Colorado, but in Teller County. Yeah, well, this week, I had a couple of those days and uh, I got to tell you, I am so grateful for uh, my friends, my family and and the show, The Bear Cave. And uh, I don't want to get all mushy, but it just uh, it had to be said. But anyway, just one of those weeks. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you. We have a great show planned for you this week as we have co-owner and operator of Woodland Fitness, Ryan Beatty. He's coming into the Bear Cave and we're going to be talking about fitness and nutrition and, uh, you know, those other subjects to help you get started or maybe help you continue on your way to a healthier way of life. And like I've said before, it's the, uh, yeah, it's New Year's resolution time. We're kind of still in that window. I'm not because I never make any resolutions. But if you are one of those people and you don't know where to start, Woodland Fitness is a great place to do it. Next week, we have retired Border Patrol agent Heron Soto coming onto the Bear Cave hotline, and we'll be discussing that invasion that's currently going on on the U.S. southern border. And I'm hoping that he can perhaps shed some light on his experience and what is currently going on and what it's like to live in southern Texas right now. So that should be an interesting conversation. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, I no longer consider them migrants because they are illegal aliens. Migrants are actually the people that try to enter the country legally through ports of entry, whereas illegal aliens are trying to cross the border at different locations. They don't care. They are trying to enter the country by any means necessary, and usually they are aided by cartels. And remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the bribe that Mexican Presidente Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador asked for? Well, right after that podcast, it just so happens that this shuttle diplomacy was taking place with Alejandro Mayorkas flying down to Mexico to meet with the extortionist. And then oddly enough, about a week later, Secretary of State Antony Blinky Blinken, he flew down with some of his minions and they further had discussions about illegal aliens coming across the border, so forth and so on. And all of a sudden, the illegals coming through the border was cut down by over 50%. So now Mexico is rounding up all kinds of people, which they never did in the past. They just didn't really care. And they are sending them to Mexico's southern border or they're flying them back to Venezuela or they're putting them on buses or doing whatever they're going to do. And guess what? This program is going to continue until November. Yeah, nothing funny going on down here, is there? Just uh, all of a sudden, after these bribes are asked for, all this stuff starts happening. It just all seems very coincidental, and it makes me wonder if Joe and the rest of his inner circle of Democratic Socialists caved into Andy's demands because it's an election year. And then, lo and behold, last week we had a couple of representatives calling for talks with Cuba to resume. Yeah, I think we also mentioned that. And, uh, of course, leading the charge was Representative Barbara Lee of California. Yeah, that seems a little convenient, doesn't it? Anyway, I digress as usual. I mean, anytime I talk about the border, it just kind of gets me hot under the collar knowing what's going on down there. But coming up the first week of February, we have Heidi Valet coming into the studio, and she is the program manager for the Edge Teen Center in Woodland Park. So we'll find out what's going on over there with those good folks. 
So that's kind of what's going on here in the Bear Cave for the next couple of weeks. All right, well, let's see what's going on in the world today. There's no shortage of stuff happening. We've got the uh, New Hampshire primaries happening. We know that's going on. Uh, we already mentioned the shell game that was going on in Mexico and the political idiocracy. But funny thing is, is that Obama was not mentioned one time during all that shuttle diplomacy. Yeah, no mention of the borders are making any trips to Mexico or the border for that matter. But yeah, I guess she's too busy trying to salvage an already sinking Sniffy Joe ship. And by now, I'm sure you've heard that Governor Ron DeSantis has tapped out of the presidential race this week. And he is endorsing the Donald as the Donald kind of bounces around the country, spurning the same old story like uh, stolen elections and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, all of a sudden, Ron is a really good guy and he ran such a great campaign and I'm really good friends with Ron's wife. So yeah, the Donald's at it, you know, making those deals and uh, shaking hands and kissing babies or whatever it is that he's doing right now. But yeah, all of a sudden, all is forgiven. So funny how one endorsement for president does that. So I'm guessing that Nikki Haley will hang in there until maybe after the South Carolina primaries, and then she'll also hit the bricks, I'm sure. you got to save face in your own state. But in all honesty, we know that the Republicans have already thrown their weight and their dollars behind the Donald because no one else has money or the guts to go up against him. And I don't blame him. Who wants to get railed on by a schoolyard bully? So it's shaping up to be another race between the rest home candidates, unless Sniffy bails. And if he doesn't, it looks like, uh, I don't think he can beat Donald. I don't think he can beat him this time around. But yeah, it's shaping up to be 2020 all over again, which uh, in my opinion is too bad because I wish there were some other people that would throw their hats into the ring who are viable candidates, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But we are keeping a sharp eye on Robert F. Kennedy Jr., though, as he is gaining strength in his independent race for the White House. I highly doubt that he will make that stage if and when there is a presidential debate. It seems like both parties, they're always changing the rules when they're threatened by an outside candidate. Just remember what happened to Ross Perot if you were alive back then a few few decades ago. He almost changed the face of politics. And because of that, that's when the Republican Party and the Democratic Party kind of got together and set the stage for a new set of rules of who could be in presidential debates. So it's all, yeah, it's all kind of dirty politics. But there's one thing to kind of keep an eye out for, and uh, that is Sniffy may not want to debate the Donald this time around because I think the left knows that he's going to get his ass kicked if he goes up against the Donald this time. And uh, yeah, they just can't have that from a weekend at Bernie's candidates. So in other words, I think we're all screwed. What else? Um, Oh, yeah. It looks like uh, Alec Baldwin is finally being brought up on charges of involuntary manslaughter for that killing of the director of photography on the set of Rust, like almost three years ago in New Mexico. But uh, they filed charges on him at one time and then they dropped them. So in my opinion, it seems a little bit too late for all of that. I mean, maybe they're getting some heat from the crazy New Mexico governor. You never know. Now, she's the same one that wants to eliminate all guns in her state. And uh, we talked about that wacko a few months ago. And she wanted to outlaw legal and concealed guns in public places. Remember that same thing that uh, most progressive states are trying to do these days. They always want to punish the law-abiding citizens as if that is somehow going to stop criminals from killing people or committing armed crimes. Whatever. But if you want to stop or lower the crime rate involving weapons, then let responsible and trained people carry guns, including teachers, under the Second Amendment in New Mexico. Yeah, try that and see what happens there, Governor Snowflake. But you know, the question that always sticks out in my mind is where the hell do these people come from and who the hell votes for them? Oh yeah, that's right. 
Colorado is trying to do the same thing with all the stupid red flag laws on top of red flag laws. We're not much better. And now our own legislature is back in session trying to pass more worthless and needless laws with over 150 already hitting the dais. And, uh, you know, it just it's almost like a, this weird obsession I have every year. I can't wait to see what the train wreck is going to look like. And what are some of these laws that these brain trusts are trying to pass this year? Well, some of these pertain to schools and Colorado kids. So let's take a look at a couple, shall we? And trust me, these are some whoppers. Well, the first one that caught my eye was HB 24-1039. Non-legal name changes was introduced by Chelsea Prinzel and sponsored by Vigil, Winter, and Marchman. I'm sorry I don't have their first names or which uh, area they represent. But this bill would require schools to use a student's preferred name when requested by the student. Deeming the school's refusal to do so is a form of discrimination and no parental consent needs to be required. What? So let me get this straight. If uh, little Billy asked to be called Super Stud or Dracula or whatever, teachers must comply not only verbally, but also when print on the classroom rosters, on their yearbooks, their ID cards, without a court-ordered name change. <laughs> the bill also creates a nine-member task force within the Department of Education to help guide schools into compliance. And the best part of all this is the addition of the safety clause, making the bill unable to be repealed through the ballot initiative process should it become law. Are you serious right now? This is why we send these idiots to Denver in order to pass something this freaking lame? Oh my God. But there's so many of these kinds of things going on. There's so many of these stupid laws and these house bills and state bills that are going on. They're trying to slip them under the wire and hopefully they won't, uh, they won't be noticed. But uh, here's another piece of genius legislation trying to make its way unnoticed. And that is SB 24-014, the Seal of Climate Literacy Diploma Endorsement. <gasps> oh, wait till you hear this one, because this one is a doozy. And this one was introduced by Alana Rosen and sponsored by Hanson and McLaughlin. Who better to teach or indoctrinate your child on climate literacy, which of course is some nebulous made-up term, than your own government, right? Now, this other piece of worthless legislation would authorize school districts to add a seal of endorsement to students' diplomas when they have demonstrated mastery in green skills after taking at least two courses in the area of climate literacy. What the hell is climate literacy? What does that actually mean? Your guess is as good as mine. And judging on Colorado's recent education scores where only 28% of students were proficient in math, well, just maybe the other areas that students should focus on, more than some stupid made-up mushroom-driven pipe dream of some idiot from Boulder? Yeah, maybe you should concentrate on literacy first. You know, that reading, writing, math stuff. The things that used to be important actually made you become a functioning member of society. Yeah, those things. Nope, math and literacy doesn't matter. And if you have climate change literacy, then you're good to go. <laughs> Oh my God, we're literally wasting hours discussing this kind of stuff. I'm sure this is going to be shot down. At least I hope so. But once again this year, these are just some of the over 150 proposed laws just this week. Is anyone else seeing what's going on here? 
Lawmakers these days are counting on parents to stay home, not to ask any questions because we become comfortably numb while these stupid democratic socialists put another barrier between children and parents. That's exactly what's happening. And Teller County, don't think you're out of the woods because in Woodland Park, they have their own brand of indoctrination going on in those schools as well. I mean, look at the decisions that were made by the school board members last week, more specifically in Woodland Park. Where else does a part-time school superintendent who has little or no educational background, no teaching credentials, never been a principal, never taught a class as far as I know, how does he get a raise and how does he make over $150,000 a year? Anyone else see a problem with that? And especially those of us who pay taxes, but uh, we don't have any kids in school. Yeah, I can smell something rotten in that kitchen, that's for sure. But what do I know? It's Teller County, and there is never a dull moment when it comes to politics, school boards, and uh, there's no shortage of angry alt-right or alt-left trolls up here either. And if you don't believe me, maybe I'll have to publish our hate mail sometime. It's, uh, It's pretty amusing. Anyway, I'm sure there's plenty of more stupidity coming our way in the next few days, and hopefully we can get the commission to the Bear Cave to help us kind of sort all this nonsense out. I will say I can't wait to see what these elected geniuses come up with next. Now, uh... You know, I'm completely sure that there are some very sensible and reasonable and semi-normal elected officials who feel the same way that I do, but uh, they're a minority these days because the Democratic Socialist wackos have taken over the Centennial State, and it's just sad. All I can say is God help us all. I think I'll stay hunkered down right here in the Bear Cave bunker where it's uh, semi-sane and nice and warm. It just kind of makes you wonder what the hell is going on these days. And what really gets me is that these progressives think that this is somehow normal. Well, all I can say is that nothing surprises me anymore these days. So I guess we'll just uh, buckle up and see where it goes from here. Well, we're going to leave all that low-hanging fruit because up next is Ryan Beatty from Woodland Fitness coming into the Bear Cave studio. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied.
Welcome back to the Bear Cave, and this week we welcome back our friend, the co-owner and operator of Woodland Fitness, Ryan Beatty. Ryan, how are you, man? Good, Dennis. How are you doing today? Good. Good to see you back in the Bear Cave. Good to be back. You took a risk and came back a second time. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we always say uh, thanks for uh, putting your reputation on the line, but... Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. We, we like having you in here. All right. Well, I appreciate it. How was your uh, holidays? I know it's a little bit later than... Oh, uh, you know, holidays... Got through them. Kids had a great time. Yeah. So it was it was good. So ready for the new year. Did you go on a vacation somewhere? Uh, we didn't do anything too much. Uh, took the kids over to Durango, rode the Polar Express over there. Oh, you so, did? Oh, yeah. I had to try that out. Man, so. you went to my old hometown. <laughs> yeah. So had a great time. They enjoyed it. So we did that just pre-Christmas. And then we were just here for Christmas and New Year's. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That Polar Express is pretty cool. It was, I mean, I have no complaints, so. Yeah, was, it's a fun time. I was impressed. Have you been down there a lot? No. So oh, really? First time, so getting over in that area. It yeah. was fun. I was actually married in Silverton. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a, nice. it's a great, great little town down there. Yeah. We want to go back because, of course, wintertime doesn't go all the way to Silverton, so. Right, right. Maybe, maybe we'll ride it when it's all the way there and back. You got to go, like, uh, maybe one way because if you go up and back, I mean, it's a full day thing. You don't have a lot of time in Silverton. Okay. Somebody put it to me this way. He said, if you ride the Durango-Silverton train, you do the, the full round trip thing it's like banging your head on the wall because when you get off it feels really good <laughs> <laughs> well this is good information so you know because you're back and forth and oh yeah but uh man it looks like things are really coming together at the gym you got the new section open now yeah so you know we're just pushing to new year's everybody always wants to come in they have those resolutions and all that good stuff so we just want to be prepared but we did uh get some flooring in and some lighting so we kind of opened up that functional space and people are utilizing it so um i'll be pushing for some new equipment in there and things like that just to really finish it off but right now everything's positive all the feedback there they're just like, oh, it's great to just have some floor space, yeah, some move yeah. around room. So we're excited. New Year's resolutions are resolutions. So for us, we're pushing for that thousand member. So wow. when they walk in the door, I'm going to be pretty pumped. Before I came over today, I was like, well, I better check just, just to see where we're at. So 951. Wow. So we got 51 new members since January 1. Does uh, the 1,000 person get like a t-shirt or something? Or? <laughs> I think I'm going to do a couple things for them and, uh, you know, make sure that they feel super special. So maybe like the donuts. I, it was funny because I saw you right before Christmas and Santa Claus was there and we came Santa. in early yep, and I saw it. two boxes of donuts at the gym and I started laughing. Santa what? man, he just, <laughs> he does what he wants to do. So I'm, I'm not going to get on the naughty list. I just said, Hey, bring the donuts in, let them enjoy them. So yeah, let it rock. Yeah. They were, they were, they were a hit. So, oh, it was everything I could take not to just like reach in and grab one of those. Cause they were Krispy Kremes. Oh, they were. He, he traveled oh, far for those. Yeah. Crack sitting right there at the gym. <laughs> no way. Well, it's a good segue because, uh, like you said, it's uh, the first of the year. And, uh, for me, it's always, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. It's like, okay, do I adjust my schedule around a little bit? You know, it lasts for two or three months and hopefully it lasts for for a while but 950 members that's amazing yeah so it's always kind of been our goal it's kind of been out there and every every year i kind of watch the numbers yeah um covid was covid so last year we got to pre-covid number back to where we wanted to be and we've just incrementally seen that rising 
So I just said, this is our year. We're going to get the expansion open. We're going to push. And if I can see that thousandth member walk in the door, I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back that we actually Absolutely. got where we wanted to go. So I get it. Our diehard members that are in there every day, just like you, they're, they're like, oh, should I move to the <laughs> afternoon? Yeah. Where's yeah. the best time? And I just, the ones that I have conversations with, I'm like, the new normal would be good. Like, hey, it's yeah. busy in here. People are focused, getting their workouts in. I'm not going to be mad at it. I, I get that people are like, oh, I like my routine and my space, but yeah. with adding that addition, I hope it thins out the crowd in the main floor area, but it's a good problem to have. Absolutely. For me, the best time is when I'm out of there and I'm heading back to my car. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was uh, leaving this morning to come over here, I parked on the street and one of our regulars, he walked out with me and I was just joking with him. I said, you know, we have preferred parking, so you can uh, <laughs> you can add that to your membership and, you know, we'll make sure you don't have to park down here on the street. Yeah. Set your house. Just walk here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll know. start a shuttle. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, going along with that, uh, you know, kind of resolutions, I'm, I'm horrible at it. That's why I just don't do them. Yeah. Like, okay, if I, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But with that, when people first come in, what are some of the things that people should be aware of? Because there's a lot of people that may not be familiar with machines or really how to lift properly. If you've been in the gym long enough, you're going to see all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's contortionists and there's there's people who are doing squats that just never make it back up again. Yeah. Kind of thing. What do you tell people when they first come in? So, of course, you know, main thing when people come in, we want to give them the tour, kind of let them know what we have, what's available to them. Uh, the great thing is, is with our trainers who are are, you know, independent contractors, but we have an agreement with them where you get a one time just walk through with them. So um, it's optional, um, but we have people that take us up on it and they fill a form out and just say, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm recovering from working through. These are my goals, what I'd like to, to see. So we pass that information off to a trainer. They contact them and they kind of give them just a 30 minute. This is what this machine does. This is what this does. Just making sure that they're comfortable with, with what's in there, what's available to them. And of course, trainers, myself, everybody that's working in there, when we see something that's a little scary, <laughs> uh, we address it and just say, hey, maybe we back off this or maybe we work on this. So again, people can, they get a little testy over, but yeah, it's just something that we do offer, but I, I want everybody that comes in to not feel intimidated by certain area of the gym or a piece of machinery. So we kind of offer that to them. And if they take us up on it, we make sure they're comfortable with what we're doing in there. I think that's the main thing is, is being comfortable, you know, because people come in, they may be intimidated, but you, know, you come to find out that you're just there for yourself. You know, you're not, nobody's going to be looking at you or judging you or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, I say that because I, I remember maybe last summer, there was one lady in there and she was quite large. And, um, she was there like every day, every day, as far as I know, she's still going in there. And, uh, I just kind of walked up to her and I said, you know what? I'm proud of you for, for what you're doing. It's like, you're making the effort and you're doing really well. A couple of people I've noticed do that. And, uh, you may not see them for a couple of months and all of a sudden it's like, wow, man, they've dropped like 20, 30 pounds and they're, they're lifting correctly. And it's, uh, it kind of motivates me. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm, you know, going out for Mr. America or anything <laughs> like that, those yeah. Nor would I, but it motivates me to see that. And nobody's going to judge you. No. Um, of course, gyms, just by definition, they can be intimidating, yeah. especially when you're coming back from, you know, a decade or more off or a first time. Right. But kind of what I've been thinking about. And now that I'm on your you know show here, I was running over just the word excellence and a lot of people pursuit of excellence. And it's a never ending pursuit. 
you will never get to 100% excellence, no matter what you do. Right. We got the Summer Olympics coming up next year. Like those people train every day, all day long for two weeks, every four years. And they don't hit perfect tens. You know, they don't win the gold. So I just want people to know that it's just a pursuit. Yes, it feels like a job when you first get in there. You're like, "Eh, I don't want to get up today. I don't want to go in there. You know, it's just not what I want to do. But when you get into that routine and it becomes something that you're enjoying and you are comfortable and you do see results, then it just becomes a lifelong pursuit. So I have people come in and they're just like, I want single digit body fat. I want to be incredible. And that pursuit of excellence, I don't want to get it twisted for some people. Like excellence is the top of the top. So as long as you're in there and you're consistent, which I loved somebody broke consistency on our goal board uh, in in the lobby. I was like, that's it. It's consistency. Just come in, do what you can do that day, and then we'll do it again tomorrow whatever that looks like. Man, you talk about excellence. I was watching Alex up there just intently making that board. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that looks really good. And she's like, no, nah, I don't know. The O's are kind of weird. I'm just like, no, nah, I think it looks pretty awesome. Oh, she did such a good job. Like, um, shout out to her. Yeah, like, a piece she, of artwork. Oh yeah. She put her time and effort into it. It got to the point and I'll, and I'll just say it on your, on your show here. <laughs> she actually dreamt that she walked in and somebody had erased it all. She <laughs> told me that yesterday. I started laughing. I'm like, uh, that's when you know you're invested in something like it's <laughs> it's in your dreams. And so but she did a great job. It's going to be a nice piece that we have as you come in. So right now I'm just enjoying people kind of reading what others are writing. And so we're going to ingrain it into the facility and just always have something up there that's pretty interactive for folks. Yeah, I think it's cool because as soon as I walked in, I saw that 900 number and I was just like, what? <laughs> wow, that's yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted that up there. So she, she put it up. I said, I'll, I'll track it. So, and again, with that thousandth member, we have those fluctuations. So Alex being our front desk manager, she kind of knows who's not going to be there next month and what we need to do. So she knows there's some ebb and flow to it, but I think we're steadily going to be above that 900 throughout the year. And I think we're going to hit it. I was going to ask you, um, I, I've noticed some some subtle changes as well. Came in a couple of Saturdays ago, maybe it was last week, and I noticed there are some jujitsu classes going on now as well. So you guys are really starting to become diverse at the fitness center now. Yeah. So um, Andrew is our jujitsu guy, and he came to us. Um, he actually rolls down in the springs. Yeah. And we had a member that was like, hey, I think you could come to Woodland Fitness and, you know, get something going. So he's been in for a couple months now. He's got a good group that's uh, coming out. But right now he's just a renter. So he's renting the space from us and he puts his mats out and and they get after it. But I'm getting good feedback. You know, I'll take all the feedback people want to give me, but I pass it along to him that he's he's doing a good job. So I'm hoping it's something he can really build off of. But it's nice to have in the facility. So Saturdays. There's always a contingent of eight to 12 of them that yeah. come in and roll. And, you know, when they get done, they, they look like they've been working. So, oh no, I, I noticed that. And it really kind of surprised me because, uh, that was a world that I lived in for so long. And I walked up the stairs and it's all these guys rolling on the mats out there. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of cool. You know, yeah. once people see it, they're like, oh man, I used to do that. You know, back in the day, I think I might want to get into it. So we pass his number along and you can text him and he'll give you the next session that's coming up and you can join. It's such a great all around body activity. 
And uh, yeah, you don't have to tap anybody out or learn stuff, but the aerobics that you get out of that. Yeah. Like I said, when I see those guys coming out, I'm like, oh, they, they were working. Yeah, for sure. Well, going along with uh, with fitness and doing things properly, what do you tell people? Because a lot of people want to come in and they they don't know about nutrition. And that is such a big part of whatever your goal is going to be. Nutrition is part of that. And it's also, it's my worst discipline because it's like, oh man, Santa Claus and Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> the donuts are there. I walked away though. I walked away. I was happy. Good on you. But what do you tell people when they come in and they're, they're just getting started? And uh, I guess it's kind of a gradual thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, we had our pre-meetings for the year. So I talked to instructors, we talked to trainers and kind of prep for the new year. And we know people are coming in, they're going to want to get a trainer, they're going to want to come to classes. You know, there's things that they've set for goals, but nutrition is such a big piece. And a lot of the podcasts that I listen to on the fitness side, they're just like, you really need to have that nutrition piece in your facility somewhere. So we have a couple trainers that have nutrition in their background. So they do meal plans, preps, all that for for clientele. So they can definitely reach out. There are people at Woodland Fitness that can help them in that avenue. But yes, um, definitely what you are eating is 80% of the battle. So coming to the gym is 20% and then you're out of there, back in your car, back on with your day. And you really have to dial in what you're consuming throughout the day to really see optimal result. And I know people throw diet out there, but it just needs to be that lifestyle change of I know how to eat. I know what to eat. And again, you get to the point where you're not denying yourself the, you know, Krispy Kreme donut when it, you know, presents itself, right, but right. you know how to, you know, circumvent, okay, I had the donut. Now I know what to do to get rid of the donut and I'm going to continue on. So even I, you know, with prep for competitions and things like that, nutrition is the number one thing. So we do have people there that they can sit down and, and talk to. So if anybody comes by the front desk and is interested in that, we will point them in the right direction. And yes, I mean, it was a conversation that we had to start the year was anybody looking for nutrition, let's really kind of hone in on that and help out in that area. Damn you, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll holidays <laughs> at the end of the year. Everybody loves it. So yeah, we're not inviting the Easter bunny. So no, no, no Easter bunny. That would be like a, a case of chocolate in there, you know, <laughs> Valentine's day. It's already out there. <laughs> nope. So look out. Yeah. That's my worst crutch is, is chocolate. I love chocolate. I mean, like you were saying, you can snack, you can take a, you know, an off day or whatever, you yeah. know, when you kind of get into the routine, but yeah, chocolate, man, if it's, Um, if it's like really good. Yep. I can't leave it alone. Hey, even in prep, I have my my oh, cheat boy. day that I get to. Like it's just in my week. I know it's coming, and I prepare for <laughs> whatever it. donut, whatever chocolate, whatever ice cream. Like it's in that window. I'm gonna have it, and then I'm gonna get back on tracks. So. How come Ryan's putting a napkin on? We haven't even <laughs> finished the last set yet, and yeah. he's already ready to go. I'm so ready. It's cheat day, man. <laughs> So yeah, how is that going? Are you, uh, are you going to compete this year? I think I'm going to compete this year. I've had a couple members that were, you know, kind of asking what I was doing and they're thinking about some things. Wow. you know, it's, it's always good to have a group that we can, can put together. So those are conversations I decided to take last year off and just kind of focus on the expansion and those things that were going on and just life in general. So I think I'm kind of getting the itch for this year to pick a show and compete. Yeah. 
uh, speaking of which, lately I've noticed uh, there's been a couple of world-class bodybuilders that just died. I, I used to be the muscle and fitness guy when I first got started years and years ago, and it's like I clung on to everything, and it's like Dorian Yates was my hero and, and that kind of thing. But I, I noticed lately there's been a couple of uh, world-class bodybuilders that just passed away like at 49. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that, kind of scary. You know? It is It is scary. It's something that, you know, people need to be aware of and what they're doing and what they're taking. And it's all part of the process. And again, there are all natural people out there that just steer clear. And then there are some that are, hey, I'm going to take yeah. what I need to take. You got to, you know, again, it's a, you should do it under doctor's orders and blood work and, you know, you should be on top of it. So. Yeah. Which uh, kind of segues into uh, supplements. I mean, yep. I, I like to take certain supplements and as you get older too, I mean, your, your body changes radically, especially when you get in your sixties and, and uh, I see guys in there who are much older than I am and they're just like shredded because <laughs> they're there every, every day. Every I'm, day. Uh, I'm not the guy that's, that's there every day. Yeah. But uh, I admire them again. It's, it's motivating for me, but what do you tell people about supplements? What, what should they look for? So, you know, I'm, I know what I do. Everybody's a little bit different, like you were saying. So a big one for, for most people first coming in is some creatine. You know, they want to get, you know, a little bulk on them, yeah. put some muscle on, things like that. So that's always kind of the go-to for, for most folks. But Do you hand them a carrot? <laughs> so, you know, again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian, things like that. So um, I try and steer people where they need to go. But, you know, I, of course, I will impart what I do. And, you know, I have a pretty strict vitamin regimen and, you know, a big one for me is glutamine. I make sure that that's, that's in there and keeps me going and feeling good and just keeps everything tight and feeling good and lubed up and, you know, you're just functioning. So, but everybody, like I said, everybody's different. Everybody has different goals. Um, and the, the great thing is, is like we talked about in the past, I've got 12 year olds coming in and they're ready to start. And that's good. Like that's a good foundation. They're going to develop muscle. They're going to have that, you know, moving throughout life. And I've got my 90 and 91 year old. Now we have two members, 90 and 91 shout out to Charles and Robert. They are getting it done. They're awesome. And they are in there every day doing their thing. And again, they will attribute that to just consistency. So this is a part of their life. This is what they do and keep moving, keep doing what you can do. Of course, you know, they sit there and go, oh, I remember when I could lift that. I remember when yeah. I could do that, but they're still doing something. They're not just, oh, I'm 90, I'm 91. I, I don't know which one was which, but I, I see him in the afternoon and uh, he got pissed off because somebody was on the bench. <laughs> I was like. That's the guy I want to be when I hit that age. There you right? go. Yeah. Once, once you get to 90, you can say and do what you want. Yeah. He was, he's like, uh, you done on the Smith machine yet? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you go, dude. <laughs> yes, sir. So you know, I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. So when it comes to supplements, you know, it's, it's just what works for you. Everybody's just a little bit different, but I would definitely direct them to their doctor. What they're missing. I mean, a blood panel is a good thing. Yeah. Like just going to the doctor and going, Hey, just want to get a blood panel, see where I'm at. And they will let you know where you're lacking in certain areas. And it's just a vitamin, you know, it's not a horrible thing. I mean, yeah, you just go there once a year and get your blood taken. It's yep. easy. Yep. Yeah. I just, I just did that uh, a couple months ago, but you brought up something that uh, kind of keyed in my brain. When is a good time for someone to start like young kids? Cause if you have a, say a wrestler, cause wrestling's so big up here. Yeah especially in Taylor County. So if I have a kid that you know, wants to get a little bit stronger, what's the 
good age or is there a recommended age when kids can start weight training and doing that kind of thing? I mean, to, to my knowledge, you know, that 12, 13 year old range is kind of where you're like, okay, I've been wrestling. I've been doing, you know, sports athletics since I was five. And now I'm ready to put on three, four five pounds of muscle and kind of that junior high school age, yep, I guess. You change know, my physique. So of course you don't want to get in there too early. You're looking at bone structure and bones fusing and you're growing and things are developing. So that 12 to 13, you're in that sweet spot of, Hey, I can get in here. I can start conditioning and it's all muscle memory. Like I see guys again that come in 50, 60, 70, and you can look at them and go, okay, they have a base that they started decades ago and they've built on. And even over time, as they're not doing the same workouts and the same lifts, it's still evident that, you know, in their history, it was, it was there. So anytime I see a young kid in there, I give them a little fist bump, say, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's good stuff. That's a good point because uh, you want to learn good basics to begin with. Because you see people all the time, maybe they're they're doing a curl or something like that, and they're always like swinging the bar. Maybe lighten up the weight a little bit and just not swing and isolate that arm. Yeah, I mean, again, when you get with a trainer, you know, and you're working on things, the the mind muscle connection is what you're working on, of course. Even me, I want to see big weight. I want to see heavy weight, mm-hmm. but there are just those days where, Hey, I want to think about what I'm doing, focus on what I'm doing. And it's got to be a little lighter weight, a little more focus, and you're going to see better results. I mean, everybody wants to lay down on the bench and bench 405 and yeah, you know, yeah. feel, you know, enormous, but except for me, <laughs> but all those days of, you know, 135, 155, you know, of getting those reps in is what gets you there. So, uh, like you said, we've got some power lifters. I got some young guys in there. They're- and I see masters in there and they, <laughs> I call them masters because it's, it's that, uh, three crowd that starts coming in. You know, and they open them up both sides of the door to, <laughs> yeah. to walk through. And, and I, I see them with you guys all the time. You guys are lifting like massive plates. And to me, it's fascinating. It's not like I'm I'm a weirdo just looking at stuff. To me, it's just like, wow, man, this is, it's really inspiring. And it's kind of yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Look at these guys. I mean, again, when, when people come into Woodland Fitness, I've always said, I just want them to find something that resonates with them. Whether that's the Ironman that we've got, you know, working out in there and training or the ultra marathoner. Yeah. You know, so again, if you go in and look at the board right now, we've got, I want to run a marathon and under this time, I want to do the Ironman and under this time, I want to do the Leadville 100. I want to bench this. I want to deadlift this. So, you know, we have a nice array and then we have the people that are like, I just want to come in three times a week and and do something. And it's like, Hey, that's what we want to provide. So again, it's great to go in, see the power lifter, see the bodybuilder, see the, you know, aesthetically pleasing, genetically gifted person that, you know, we all aspire to be. And, but we're there, we're available. We want people to come in. We want them to just experience it. I don't ever want anybody to feel like, Oh, I can't come to the gym because like, yeah, yeah. no, get in there, find your lane. There is a lane for you and it's, it's going to be great. I've got a Leadville 100 story. I'll have to tell you sometime. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> that is the most grueling endurance race I think on the planet earth. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and people who do that and complete it, I just go, I'm not worthy. Yeah. So, and I mean, Crazy. of course where we live, I got the mountain bikers too. They always want to get on their bikes. They want to, you know, attain that stuff. So the gym is the base for 
all of these activities that we like to enjoy and go and participate in and even watch. So kind of jumping back to the new area, what's still left to do in there before you're uh, fully up and running? So of course we want to have the functional space, which is kind of where people are, you know, mingling right now and just kind of figuring out what they can use, but we've got the turf in there. um, So we're going to have a lot of push and pull stuff that you can do off the turf. Um, Of course, we're going to put in uh, some racks so that they can do their, you know, Olympic lifts. So there'll be pull up bars, heavy bags, all that kind of stuff is going to kind of start to show up over the next month or so in there. And then our back half, um, everybody kind of sees that hallway at the end of the room there. Yeah, That is, we're getting into some saunas back in there, which seem to be everybody's uh, cup of tea right now. They're like, Hey, when those are online, I'm going to be ready to go. So we'll have the saunas. That's a part of the membership. I do get that question a lot. It's like, are you charging for that? No, it's just a perk of included in the membership. So those are going to come online. Uh, We'll have some tanning rooms in there as well. Um, We have a massage therapy room. And then we're actually uh, in talks with a business here in town on a possible lease agreement for some esthetician type. Uh, oh, really? That'll be available. Yeah. Wow. Um, just kind of presented itself about a about a week ago. Wow, that's thinking out of the box. And I was just like, you know, I mean, it's a good business. It's an established business. Of course, we have a lot of members that are into that sort of thing. So it's a conversation that we're having right now. So, I mean, who knows? You might be able to come in and get a facial one day, too, if you want. Get out of that tanning room and then come and <laughs> get a facial and then just... Uh... That's a conversation I had with my wife. I was like, well, we do have tanners and then you can... <laughs> go across the hall and correct anything. So maybe if I go in this to the sauna for a while, then yeah. I can I can bake all that stuff out of there. It's a beautiful space. We we love it. So I'm excited for what it's going to offer. And with that, you know, we'll be able to offer some more classes, uh, some functional type stuff. So we'll be adding some things to our class schedule as well. So that's exciting too, because of course classes are included in your membership. Yeah. So it's always a good motivator if you walk in and go, oh, I don't know what I want to do for you know thirty minutes to an hour. It's like, Hey, jump into class. No, it's great because there are so many choices and it's good to mix things up because some days, you know, if I don't want to do cardio, I'm just kind of lazy. I can always go for a hike up here or I can walk from the bear cave down to the gym. You know, there's almost a mile right there. You know, adding that almost 3000 square feet of indoor space, um, is, it's going to be a game changer. So I'm, I'm excited for it, but you know, my wife tells me to kind of slow down with, with my goals (laughs) and she's like, let's just finish this before we start thinking of other things, but fine, Ryan, fine, uh, yeah, fine. You know, but I, I do have aspirations to see Woodland Fitness grow even outside of the building that we're in. So what that looks like, I couldn't, you know, don't quote me on it right now, but I have some ideas floating around that I wouldn't mind seeing. And I, I think the city of Woodland Park wouldn't mind seeing and even Teller County. But like I always tell everybody, all it takes is money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, you have that background, too, in, in uh, recreation and everything else, too. So Yeah. Well, when that happens, we'll be here, and uh, we'll, we'll have an open seat for you to come back and talk about it. Oh, that'll be amazing. All right, Ryan. appreciate you taking the time to come down. I know how busy you are, and uh, it's always good to see you. All right. Thanks, Dennis. You have a great day. All right. Up next, it's story time with Michelle, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So don't go away. Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing. 
then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family, so get your tickets today at thebuttheater.com and come join in our fun. Back in the Bear Cave, and right now it is story time with Michelle on the Bear Cave Hotline. Hey, Michelle, what's happening? You know, it's another day. It's not snowing. That's a good thing. Well, yeah, there's no ice on your uh, appendages or anything like that. That's a good sign. I know, man. I drove home Monday in a flipping storm, snowstorm. So, <laughs> oh, you mean that one that wasn't predicted? Yeah. <laughs> Like, dang, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, I was looking at uh, one of my weather apps, which uh, I won't throw them under the bus, but I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be a decent day today. You know, it'll be a little bit cool, and maybe I can unfreeze baby Jesus outside. And uh, nope, no haps. It's like, man, nope. hey, it is really cold. <laughs> Looks like snow. And then, sure enough, yeah, no, we got it pretty good up here in Cripple Creek. I mean, compared to Woodland Park, for sure. Yeah, there was hardly anything. I mean, it was maybe a quarter of an inch that came down, but uh, hey, you know what? It's moisture. I'll take it. So that's true. And ski slopes, I'm sure, are loving it. Absolutely. Anyway, more importantly, what's happening for story time this week? So, you know, we kind of briefly talked about, you know, where did these kind of festivals start and stuff like that. So I went and thought, you know, what is the oldest winter festival in the country? And you got to guess where it's at. Uh, in Colorado? No, it's not actually. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, where's another frozen tundra of hell? <laughs> Well, <laughs> like lower 48. Yep. Uh, all I can think of is like Minnesota or North Dakota or someplace like that. Minnesota. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let me put on my coat, get warm, buckle up here and uh, take it away. All right. So in 1885, a New York reporter wrote that St. Paul was, quote, another Siberia unfit for human habitation in the winter. Agreed, 100%. So, however, offended by this attack on their city, the St. Paul Chamber of Commerce decided to prove not only that St. Paul was habitable, but that its citizens were very much alive during winter and in their most dominant season. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just like, okay, now you pissed me off. Let's prove you wrong. Yeah. Hey, there are people that actually live here. So, uh, right. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, pal. So the St. Paul Winter Carnival was created in 1886. It was followed by carnivals held in 1887, 88, and 96. And then again in 1916 and 17, there were some lapses in there because of wars and things like that. So the carnival finally resumed in 1946. Back in 1886, 
1996, King Boreas was first crowned and the first winter carnival commenced. This festival also featured an ice palace, an elaborate creation made of ice from the Minnesota lakes, which was evolved into an internationally recognized icon. Okay, I'm, I'm still stuck on King Borax or whoever that was. Boreas. It? Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> So I read into that, and it, it's a whole Greek mythology thing, which is really interesting. And he, and he is king of the North Wind, I think, something like that. Really? Yeah, that's where they, they got him from. It's a whole Greek mythological thing. <laughs> okay, who am I to judge? So um, as king of the winds, Boreas made St. Paul the capital of all his domains. He proclaimed, quote, it will henceforth be emblazoned to the world as the winter playground of the realm of Boreas, end quote. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> fancy. pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to piss that guy off. <laughs> right? So the original event featured many activities, including bobsledding, ice horse racing. Um, they did tobogganing. And the organizers say the event also served to bring the community closer together, including members of the nearby Native American tribes. Many members of local tribes ride into the city and pitch tents to participate. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is cool. Yeah. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> but since then, there's been an entire royal family who serves throughout the event, consisting of 17 members. What? And it's like there's a queen, there's a king, there's princesses. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> However, the royal family makes over 400 appearances annually and participates in community activities activities around the Twin Cities metro area and in the state of Minnesota. As a community organization, the members of the royal family travel throughout the U.S. and Canada, visiting different communities and engaging in various festivals. They aim to promote community awareness and volunteerism to support charitable causes. So it's kind of cool. It morphed into something like that. I guess so. But if you're part of the royal family, forget about that year. I mean, you're I know. 400 appearances. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Busy family. So then starting in 1952, there's an annual treasure hunt. The St. Paul Pioneer Press prints in their newspaper 12 clues on 12 consecutive days. These clues point to a local park where participants race to the park when they think that they have the clues, figure out what they're looking for. It's a medallion. Oh. So the, the clues are often cryptic until the 12th day. And then people line up outside the newspaper offices with their cell phones in hand. And then they have partners <laughs> in the park who get the last clue. Because <laughs> oh. the last one almost gives them the exact location of where it is. <laughs> oh, man. This sounds like a recipe for a, a bunch of uh, drunken fights, you know? Right? <laughs> so, in the past, the medallion has been hidden in a diaper, Ugh. a White Castle hamburger box, a pop can inside an Oreo cookie, and frozen in ice. <laughs> Jeez. I think it's fun. That <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, if I went to White Castle, I'd probably just hang out there for a while and eat like 50 of those little mini burgers, you know? Right. <laughs> However, it's worth it because the finders of the medallion are awarded up to $10,000 really? and receive a place of honor riding in the closing torchlight parade. So that's worth it. Yeah, that's a lot of White Castle burgers. Yeah, exactly. Ten grand? <laughs> so in the beginning, you know, they had some kind of simple little events going on. But today, it's like crazy. I looked at their website and I was like, oh my God, they're doing something constantly. So there's ice fishing, there's a beard growing contest, ice carving, snow sculpting, 
curling, puzzle contest parades. There's live music, bouncing. Bouncing? Bouncing is where they get a big blanket like and they throw you up in the air. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that it was called that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you actually have to try out to be in the bouncing crew. (laughs) You have to weigh like 70 pounds or something. Right. (laughs) Then there's a Klondike Kate performances and you also have to be nominated to be a Klondike Kate. There's a golf tournament. Think about that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then there's a freeze your bags off cornhole tournament. (laughs) Yeah. Is that happening the same time as the golf tournament? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Hard pass on that winter golf. (laughs) So basically the winter carnival officially begins this year on January 25th and it'll continue all the way through February 4th. Wow. It sounds like a big party to me. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, there's breweries doing special brews just for this but it sounds like for the most part it's really a big it's almost like the french quarter festival in yeah. new orleans yeah. you know it's it's a more or less a free event i mean there's some things that you have to pay to to go into but it's all a community thing and ton of, of volunteers and like they mentioned you know the whole royal family does a whole bunch of volunteerism and stuff so it's kind of cool yeah it sounds like they borrowed a little bit from mardi gras because you have a king and and all that kind of stuff and you got this big festival with parades and stuff like that so uh, true true I thought it was pretty interesting and of course Minnesota leave it up to the Minnesotans so there you have it that's the oldest winter festival starting back in 1885 so I will say that the uh, Germans and the Vikings know how to throw a party yeah no doubt a long party (laughs) holy smokes (laughs) well speaking of parties we have our own party coming up and our own festival we do. Ice Festival. Yay, it's almost here. It kicks off on the 17th of February and goes clear through the 24th of February. I am so ready for that right now. Me too. Me too. And um, I think I mentioned last week, it's so much better planned this year. It's not going to be elbow to elbow. It's going to be spread out. And so you can get a really good view of all the carving that's going on. Get your big old dinosaur leg and gnaw on that for a minute. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it's not really a turkey leg. It is a brontosaurus leg. Right. These things are enormous. <laughs> they are. They are. So, yeah, we're gearing up. The ice comes in actually on the 13th. So um, we'll start blocking streets off on that day. So be aware of that. But Ice Castles is still going on, too. Um, they're open Wednesday through Sunday. Go online. Get your tickets. The icecastles.com. So check that out as well. And we should be hopping and bopping. We're almost up there with the Minnesotans. Yeah, no kidding. All we need is uh, some breweries and uh, some kings and queens running around freezing their little keisters off. Exactly. I thought that was actually kind of a good idea. We might need to think about that <laughs> in the yeah, future. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe we can have a bear cave king or something. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> ah, there I go thinking again. Right? <laughs> yeah, that never ends well, so I don't know. That's really kind of all we got going on for the moment. Which, you know, that keeps us pretty busy. Not going to lie. Well, I know that uh, the museums, the uh, Heritage Center, all that kind of stuff. You guys are doing summer type business right now, right? No 
know we are on the weekends. It is just like a summer day. I mean, we'll see over 100 people at the jail. And if you've ever been here to have 100 people go through here is exhausting. Oh, yeah. And then um, at the Heritage Center, yeah, we're seeing up to 200 people a day on the weekends. So, wow. Yeah. And the local businesses, I think, are just slamming and jamming. So everybody is really making a good profit, which is nice because this is a really tough time of the year for us. Yeah, and it's a good thing to see Cripple Creek bouncing back now. We got that new hotel casino opened up, and uh, I don't know if they're 100% open yet, but uh, I know they're getting a big crowd coming up there to do some gambling and have some food. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't think they have the restaurants open yet, but um, I think they're talking, uh, well, it's, it'll be by Ice Festival if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I know we have uh, Zach Staniel coming on later on. He's going to be talking about some of the productions that are happening at the Butte Theater, and there are a bunch of them that are coming up, so we don't uh, we don't want to forget about Zach. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I know they've got Crimes of the Heart going right now, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what he's got planned for Ice Festival, because there's something in the works. I know that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that kind of stuff. And while you're at it, you can bounce over to Victor, too, and get your troll on, so to speak, and uh, visit a couple of those museums. I know the uh, Victor Lowe Thomas Museum is probably going to be open on weekends, and uh, always a great place to visit. Um, as far as I know, I think most of the museums are going to be open. So the district, the Homestead, and Lowell Thomas, I believe, are all going to be open on the weekends, taking advantage of those crowds. So there's going to be plenty of things for everybody to do. Right on. Stay local and... Uh, yeah, Minnesota, maybe next year. You're right. <laughs> or never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds uh, way too cold for me to go out there and uh, you know, bump around. Exactly. I think I'll stay home. That'll be just as much fun. I like it. <laughs> All right, Michelle. And uh, let's hear that sign-off, that oh-so-sweet sign-off. Well, let me say one thing first. I want to say happy birthday to my partner in crime. Today's his birthday. And so happy birthday, Art. Love you. Hey, Art, happy um, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, when you guys are coming up here, just pay attention to the roads, pay attention to the weather. Comes and goes pretty quickly. Dress warm because it's cold. <laughs> and, you know, just be polite and courteous to everybody. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, and if you're not dressing warm, then you'll have to wait till about the 17th or maybe even the 16th on the soft opening for all that sweet ice fest swag. That's right. We will have plenty of nice warm hoodies and hats for you, so we'll take care of you. All right. Well, I'll be up there hanging out with you guys for sure. And uh, in the meantime, you enjoy the week. Stay warm and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. We'll talk to y'all soon. All right, Michelle. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye now. That was Michelle Roselle calling us from Cripple Creek. And up next on the Bear Cave Hotline is our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. Trevor, what's going on today, man? Um, How are you doing? I'm doing great because I see sunshine out there. (laughs) I'm not frozen to the bone, you know, so to speak, but uh, kind of a weird week, I guess, uh, especially in Colorado news, maybe not so much here locally, but uh, what do you got for us this week? Oh, well, it seems a little slow in the county. There wasn't really a whole lot going on locally, so figured we'd kind of talk about some of the crazy crimes and crazy stuff that's going around across the state. I'd make a pun and say, let me give you a hand, but uh, then I'd be letting the cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's kind of three stories that were just kind of caught my eye this last week because they were just crazy. <laughs> so, All right. Well, the first one that kind of caught my eye that we'll talk about is Uray, Colorado. 
Oh, yeah. It was last week, the Uray County Plain Dealer, the weekly newspaper there in Uray, published a newspaper, and on the front page, they wrote a big article about a, a girl that was allegedly raped by three men at the Uray police chief's house while the police chief and his family slept after they had a house party at his house. Man, oh man. And the men were arrested for rape, so the article published front page newspaper on that. Well, the morning that they put out the paper, somebody in early Thursday morning went out all across the county, went to all 12 news boxes they have set out the county, which I think they're charge papers, so... They would yeah. have to put like four quarters in and you're supposed to just take one for four quarters, but they put four quarters, took the whole stack. So stole about 200 newspapers, went around all the boxes in the county, stole 200 newspapers from them. That's a good deal for five bucks. <laughs> yeah. The interesting part to me being a news guy was how the newspaper reacted. So immediately when that happened, they basically got on the phone to the Denver Post and got a huge article about somebody stealing their newspapers. Then they called their printing press in Montrose, got them to print another 250 oh, like man. on the fly sort of thing, and went on the Denver Post saying, media will not be silenced. You cannot silence us through stealing our newspapers. Oh. And so I kind of thought that was a cool way to handle it. Yeah. And so then it came out a few days later that I guess the person who stole them less than 12 hours went to the newspaper office, the plain dealer office, and returned all the newspapers and apologized. What? And they stole them because of the front page story. Oh. They got returned after they'd already paid to print another. Oh, man. But, so the guy was arrested well for petty theft because even 200 newspapers you know, isn't a lot. But That sounds like there's some kind of a connection there, right? Yeah. Well, and then that's kind of where it gets a little interesting because the article by the plane dealer staff says the plane dealer is not disclosing Choate, the guy who was arrested, relationship to the sexual assault case. Wow. The theft was not connected in any way to the three defendants in the case, their families, or the URA police department. Interesting. So that means the newspaper knows what the connection is, and there probably is a connection, but they're not saying. But they do say that it's not with three suspects or the police chief. So I'm saying it probably has a connection with the victim, and there's some reason why he didn't want that on the front page. Yeah, I mean, the the crime itself is so heinous when you really think about it. If you're having a big old party and chief and everybody else is kind of passed out, and you take advantage of, I'm assuming it was a a young child or someone like that. That's pretty heinous and just, uh, you know, adding insult to injury. Yeah. It's uh, probably a good decision not to disclose all that kind of stuff. I mean, you've been to your right. It's a tiny little town. But, you know, the other interesting thing is it's this guy, too, owns Cake's Place Restaurant in Ridgeway. So, I mean, this is. I know where that place is at. This guy's a restaurant owner in a very small community. So he's, you know, probably a pretty well-known member of the community. Yeah. There's not a whole lot in Ridgeway. That's for sure. Yeah. And Ridgeway and Uray aren't that far apart. No, no, not at all. Oh, wow. Uray County itself is pretty small, so. Well, if that's one of three, I can't wait to hear what the other two are. (laughs) So the next one I was going to talk about was a case that happened in Denver. A guy and his wife that was arrested, they were accused of pocketing $1.3 million in a cryptocurrency scheme that he basically used his online church to solicit the followers of his church (laughs) by telling them that they're going to get blessed if they invest in his cryptocurrency. His cryptocurrency was called Index, I-N-D-X coin. And on his YouTube channel, he quoted telling investors to expect, quote, a miracle 
as they wait for God's plan to unfold. <laughs> okay. So this guy, you know, I'm not sure exactly how long it was, but he got more than 300 people to buy his cryptocurrency and raised almost $3.2 million. Whoa. And then the cryptocurrency was actually deemed illiquid and practically worthless. Yeah, like all cryptocurrency. <laughs> so the Colorado Division of Securities basically came in and filed charges. So throughout the investigation, they found out that out of the $3.2 million that was raised by Eli Regalado and his wife, at least $1.3 million of that went directly to the Regalados or <laughs> used for their own personal benefit. <laughs> Oh, my God. You know, this is something I would expect, like, in Salt Lake City, you know, because there's like this white-collar crime going on. But, hey, that gives me some ideas for the bear cave, though. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, it kind of gets a little more interesting. So, in a video statement to his followers last week, he got Eli Regalado said the charges that they pocketed $1.3 million, quote, are true. And he oh. said out of the $1.3 million, half a million dollars went to the IRS, and a few hundred thousand dollars went to a home remodel the Lord told us to do. <laughs> oh, wow. And then this article says from NBC News that the couple also allegedly spent their investors' funds on a Range Rover, luxury handbags, jewelry, and Alpa, A U P I R. Oh, an au pair, like a nanny. Yeah. Boat rentals and snowmobile ventures, according to the complaint. Well, you know, God wants you to recreate. You know, God wants you to be rich. <laughs> yeah. Ask any televangelist these days. They'll tell you the same thing. I can't believe there's 300 people that dumb. Then again, you know, look at some of these organized religions these days, and that kind of explains it, I suppose. Then you look at further, this Regalado was 22 and serving a prison sentence for boosting cars when the state <laughs> told him to become a pastor 20 years ago. I'm sure he did. He began preaching for the online only Victorious Grace Church, where he and his wife are listed as the only two employees. <laughs> That's a pretty good business model. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If you like fraud charges. Yeah. Instead of buying like a minivan, you know, you just uh, go bigger, stay home. God wants you to have a Range Rover. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, no pun intended. Right. All right. I can't wait to hear the third one. <laughs> so the third one is in Pueblo. Good old Pueblo. There's a, oh boy. a dead body was found in a creek that was dismembered. And so they opened an investigation and then they got a tip coming that this guy could be involved. And so they, they did some research on the guy and they found that this guy was working for a security company in Pueblo. So they showed up on the job to arrest this guy. And when they arrest him for having to do with the murder, they found a severed hand inside his jacket pocket. I think I read about this. I thought, okay, so yeah, it's just like any damn Pueblo. We got a dismembered body, you know, can't <laughs> find a head somewhere and uh, have the security guard. And he just happens to have a severed hand in his coat pocket. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And I guess he told the police he'd had the severed hand in his jacket for two days. <laughs> Okay. Well, and the kind of the weird part is he worked for a security company that actually like goes through pretty rigorous background checks. Guy had no record at all, right? Yeah, but he'd only worked there for like five days. Oh man! And then one interesting thing was that they looked on his resume. He'd said that he'd been a mercenary for Russia in the past. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, well, maybe he's keeping a spare hand to, uh, you know, some kind of fingerprint thing that's going on. I don't know. But uh, wow. Carrying a hand around in your coat pocket for two days. Yeah. That, uh, that's a little bizarre. Yeah. 
Definitely sick. Well, and then how they really got arrested, because I guess he was living with the couple. Then the couple eventually turned him in, because I think one of the guys that he was living with saw him disposed of the body. Jeez. Yeah, gives new meaning to, honey, you want to hold my hand? <laughs> All right, I'm so going to hell for that one. Holy smokes. All right, now that I have to go take a full body bath after all those stories and just uh, wash myself in Clorox, what's going on with sports here locally? Well, probably the biggest news is the girls wrestling team right now. They're having quite the year, and their dual meets, they're 4-0, and they're doing pretty good in tournaments like as a team. I think they have more people on their team than they've ever had this year, so they've got a lot of younger girls, but they do have some that are returning. So as of last week, they had three that were in the top 10 statewide, and one important thing that their coach, Dustin Rodriguez, pointed out to me was that you know, in other sports, when they classify the statewide rankings, they all go in different divisions as far as, you know, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. Right. But when it comes to girls wrestling, there is no 1A, 2A. So when they're statewide, they're statewide. They're the top 10 in the state out of all the girls that wrestle in the state. Yeah, it's all a weight class kind of thing at that point, right? Yeah. And there's just not enough yet to break it down into different divisions. Um, so um, Ariel Johns is currently sitting in ninth place. Hattie Walk is in eighth place. Cheyenne Becker is in seventh place. And then they also have uh, Lindsay Tengeller, who is really close to the top 10, and the coach expects her to before the end of the season. And I think they only have like one or two more meets before they go to regionals and they go to the state. And the coach said that the way it looks, he's going to qualify four to six girl wrestlers for the state. That is outstanding. Ladies, way to go. Nice. The other thing to that, too, he's also had several colleges reaching out to him, interested in girls going to wrestle for them on scholarship for the college level. Congratulations to the Lady Panthers for uh, such an outstanding performance so far. Yeah. All right, Trevor. Well, that's some awesome news. I'm glad we're not talking about Russell Wilson this week. I guess we can revisit the NFL next week when we finally see who's going to be going to the Super Bowl, how it all shakes out. So it should be an interesting couple of weeks coming up. Yeah, I think so. All right, Trevor. I appreciate you calling in. As always, my friend, you stay warm, and I'll talk to you again next week. All right. All right. Take care, Trevor. All right. Well, when we come back, it is our friend, the manager of the Butte Theater, Zach Stanio, followed by News of the Weird, and find out who becomes an appetizer for Dozer and all of his buddies on the Bear Pile this week. Don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being.
Welcome back to the Bear Cave. I'm Dennis Zero, and on the Bear Cave Hotline, it's the manager of the Butte Theater, our friend Zach Stanio. Zach, how are you, man? Dennis, doing well, man. Doing well. Happy New Year, brother. You too. It seems like it's been forever since we've talked, but uh, you've been a busy boy. I have been. I've been uh, trying to lock down a uh, couple theater companies for the uh, professional season, as well as uh, we just opened up our community season last weekend, and I'm in that play as well. So that on top of uh, trying to find another uh, theater company and uh, getting back from New York uh, right in the middle of Tech Week. So <laughs> Yeah, so tell me what's going on right now. And you're saying that you're in this uh, latest production. I am. I am. So this is uh, this is the first show of the community season that's uh, produced by the Friends of the Butte. They're doing Beth Henley's Crimes of the Heart. Uh, it's directed by Courtney Loggins. Uh, very funny and dramatic show. Kind of takes place uh, in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. Dysfunctional family. The two sisters kind of bond together to uh, help support the one sister, Babe, who has been uh, accused of shooting her husband. And I play the righteous lawyer who's on a uh, personal vendetta. But it's cool. It's a fun little part. Um, How does it feel to be back up on stage? Oh, it feels good, dude. It feels, yeah, it feels so good. It's been, I think before I left from Los Angeles was the last time I was on stage. So it's been about four years. Oh, wow. I uh, did not. I mean, I knew how much I missed it, but I didn't realize how much I actually missed it until uh, I got into the rehearsal process. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I forgot how much I love doing this. <laughs> oh, it's, that's awesome. I, I got to get up there and get out of the bear cave um, and, and come up and see some productions. I just been kind of hunkered down just that, you know, that, that winter thing. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hibernating. Yeah. Get motivated and get out and do something. But uh, <laughs> okay. So we got crimes of the heart going on, but uh, I know you guys are planning for some other productions because uh, boy, that ice festival is going to hit pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, coming up after uh, this show on February 9th, is uh, The Beautiful Love Stories, Volume 3. So uh, third year in a row that we're doing that. That's where we take uh, love stories from the community and kind of turn them to life on stage. So that'll be something fun to do for Valentine's Day. And then coming up at the end of the month, we have Missoula Children's Theater back in town uh, working with the uh, CCV school. Oh, that's great. Um, and they'll be doing the show Rapunzel. So that'll take place on a Friday at the end of the month. And I should have the date, but I don't have it right now. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm glad to see them coming back again this year because uh, it gives it an opportunity for the kids to get involved as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a, they had a blast doing it last year. Um, unfortunately I was out of town for a, I think a wedding. Yeah. My brother's wedding last year. So I missed, uh, so I missed it. So I'm, I'm excited to see it this year. And then, uh, then, yeah, after that, I think uh, we're planning something for the Ice Fest. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to be quite yet. The Friends of the Butte should have that locked down uh, here in about a week. And then um, we're doing the play uh, The Butler Did It. And that'll be taking place in the uh, March, April timeframe. So no shortage of entertainment going on at the Butte in the next few months, sounds like. No, no, not at all. We're even looking at uh, looking at a couple of comedians and uh, some musical acts to bring in, um, kind of pepper those throughout the year. Oh, that's cool. Uh, just, just, yeah, give people a little uh, little something else to experience at the Butte other than uh, live theater. Like to have some music uh um, whether it's a band, whether it's a concert, just something that kind of changes up a little bit of the programming. I think that's awesome. Thinking out of the box, that's what you got to do. Hey, I got an idea. Maybe you can sell some snow cones during the uh, Ice Fest. Oh, yeah. 
or hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the two. But uh, all right, my friend, I know that you're smoking busy. Uh, great to talk to you. I got to get up there and see you on stage. Now I'm really stoked that uh, you're part of that place. So I got to come up there and check it out. Yeah, it's going on uh, this uh, coming weekend and then it ends uh, the following weekend. So uh, show wraps on February 4th. There you have it. All right, Zach, I'll let you go, my friend. I look forward to talking to you very soon and uh, you have an awesome day. Sounds good, Dennis. God bless, brother. You too. Thanks, my friend. Bye. Bye now. That was our friend, the manager of the Butte Theater and one of our title sponsors, Zach Stanio. But right now, it is time for News of the Weird. This week's headline reads, That's one way to do it. Well, let's find out what that one way is. The Beanmonger, a coffee shop in Indianapolis, Indiana, became a wedding site venue with a pop-up marriage. Only one problem, there was no prior notice that the happy couple and their guests were planning to converge on this unsuspecting coffee shop. Hmm, that doesn't sound good. About 20 to 30 people, including the officiant, a photographer, and guests crowded into the small store with Bridezilla. There, they treated the unsuspecting workers as if they were hired staff. Well, of course they did. Quote, they were asking us to take coats, purses, and watch personal items as if they had rented us out. End quote, said the coffee shop manager. Then the wedding party blocked the entrance to other patrons, and when a barista asked them to move, the photographer replied, quote, no, wait five minutes. End quote. <laughs> really? The store typically charges $500 for private events, which they requested from the bride. Well, Bridezilla refused and said that this amount was, quote, unreasonable, end quote, as she left the shop without an order or leaving a tip. Come on! <laughs> wow. You know, if I was the groom, I would think that this is some kind of a key indicator of things yet to come from Bridezilla. And uh, most likely, I would be inclined to toss her, her dress, and the whole thing onto the bear pile. Of course, each week we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed under the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nominations, the person, place, and or thing that's going to feed some hungry bears is... And trust me, this was a toughie because last week we had a lot of worthy candidates, but ultimately it is a twofer because it is Dr. Anthony Fakey and his boss, Dr. Francis Collins, for lying and committing the voluntary murder of millions of people on planet Earth. You know what? I still think we should freeze their bank accounts because when the arrests are made, they're going to need every penny of that. Now, I'm thinking Congress maybe needs to take a look at that Bill Gates guy while they're at it. No way. Well... Okay, wishful thinking. Never going to happen. The nominations this week for becoming some tasty morsels on the bear pile are... Number one, the Colorado Legislature for coming up with even more stupid laws than last year. Just when we thought we had seen it all, these fools come up with more worthless woke laws that are simply going to blow our minds. I have no words for these guys. All I know is just uh, don't get hit in one of those roundabouts. Number two, the New Mexico Grand Jury for filing two counts of involuntary manslaughter charges on Alec Baldwin. Look, we know that Alec is probably guilty as hell and he is a big fat freaking liar, allegedly. But it took you over two years to figure out what everybody already knew. Yeah, not exactly swift justice, is it? I'm thinking that maybe Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham is, uh, she may be a fan of Alex, just uh, didn't want him to go to prison because that nasty gun went off by itself, of course. 
Yeah, let's just punish law-abiding citizens and take away their rights instead. And uh, maybe it'll all go away. Well, Governor, if your intent was to have no more movies filmed in your state involving guns, mission accomplished. And just for the record, we here in the Bear Cave will always stand behind Alec Baldwin. And number three, the Indianapolis bride for crashing an unsuspecting coffee shop and holding a pop-up wedding and treating the workers like servants. <laughs> Who the hell does this? Well, Bridezilla does. And then they just split without even paying anything or leaving any kind of a tip. And note to groom, run. Yeah, don't look back because it's not going to end well for you. Guaranteed. Well, that's Dozer's Music, which means that it's a wrap again for us this week. I would like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guest today, co-owner of Woodland Fitness, Ryan Beatty. Great information and tips today, and I'm, I'm hoping that you can all keep those New Year's resolutions and start living a long and happy life. Thanks to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us another great story time, and of course, our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. If you have an event coming up or you want to sponsor the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. And as always, you can send your comments and hate mail to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can access the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, RadioPublic.com, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our celebrity not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be anyone from the Colorado legislature. Yeah, we're throwing down the gauntlet. We want you to explain how you keep coming up with these stupid laws. Did they legalize psilocybin already? They must have, because how else could you come up with these laws if you're not tripping on something? At least that would explain it. That would make some sense. Yeah, we're all on drugs. Whatever. <laughs> We are still waiting for Doctors Anthony Fakey and his partner in crime, Dr. Francis Collins, to come onto the Bear Cave Hotline. Yeah, we still have that big surprise waiting for him. You know, that all-expense move to Wuhan, China. I just don't get it. We even threw in the all-you-can-eat bat soup bar for life. Just another ungrateful couple. Until next week, Cubs, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. <laughs>